You're listening to BizCraft, a live podcast about the business of web design with Carl the Jellyfish King Smith and Mean Gene Crawford. <laughs> hey everybody, we're live. We're live from uh, SoCo. Yeah. What does it stand for? Uh, SoCo. That's our co-work. It stands for. Um, I don't know what it stands for. Southern Soda co-work? City co-work. Okay. Columbia is known as the Soda City. Not it really. It is. Not really. But I thought Atlanta was known as the Soda City. It. What'd you do? Oh, he's like the camera. I, if I were him, I would have stopped it. <laughs> yeah, I would too. Said, guys, this. People have already quit watching. If you guys yeah, want to keep going, that's cool. I'm going to save the digital film. Yeah, let's start that over. You want to start over? Yeah. Really? Okay, we won't. No, we won't. Let's do it. All right. Welcome to a in-person BizCraft. Yeah, technically take two because Gene didn't like the first one. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. It's Carl. This is Gene. Hey. And you see our faces. I know. Yeah. Please don't be disappointed. <laughs> um, all right. So you're here in Columbia with us hanging out. I am in Columbia. Tonight? What do you think so far? Charleston, I like it. Columbia is like a home away from home. I'm here all the time. Is it really? At least once a year. That's <laughs> Which is pretty much on par with Madison, Wisconsin, That's almost Las an Vegas, endorsement. everywhere. It's yeah, almost an endorsement. No, I, you know, this is the home of Converge SE, my friend. It is the home of Converge SE. Don't forget that. So I feel pretty privileged to be here when it's not going on. It's, it's quieter. It's special. It is it's quieter. quieter. It's quiet in here right now. All right, so... Um, why don't you tell us about your favorite beer before we Oh, get you want to do that? Yeah, so yeah. this is a triple Carmelite. Mm-hmm. My favoritist of all time. Say it again, triple Triple Carme- Carmelite. Triple Carmelite. Triple Carmelite. It's Belgian triple. I don't wow. know what the triple means. We'll find out. Somebody can tell us. <laughs> the more we drink, we'll find <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah, but it's, um, it's uh, my favorite, and it's super awesome. Triple Carmelite. Yeah. I like it. You like it? I like it. Well, let's, um, let's dig into the show, which is why you're here. Now, it's called BizCraft. Yeah, so we should talk about business. Business. Okay, got, got it. it. Right. So, we touched on this in an earlier show. I believe you. I don't listen to the shows. We know that. Yeah. So, it was when we were talking with Jason Freed. It's, and it's Freed, not Fried. Freed, Freed, Freed. <laughs> Ring a bell? 37 seconds. Yes, I got, got it. it. Right. And, nice um, guy. He is a nice, very nice guy. Nice guy. Likes to drive. He does like to drive. <laughs> so this is a, a subject that um, I've been wanting to get into with, with you when it wasn't with just him. But uh, it's, right. And this is kind of kicked off by this uh, post on uh, Medium by Richard Banfield. By Richard. Yeah. And yep. Over fresh-tilled soil. Yeah. Good dude. Good um, shop. Good dude. So the title is The Myth of the Design Studio Turned Product Company. Yep. Right. And that's sort of the myth of 37 Signals. Yeah. Right. And I guess Richard's stance is big WTF, right? So, like, if you're a services company, why would you seek to change, embrace it? Right. Or if you want to be a product company, be a product company. Right. But the thing to me about this article, and, and I talked to Richard about it, actually. We, we happen to be hanging out because, you know, I, I hang out with people. Mm-hmm. That's what, Gene, I'm kind of a big deal. <laughs> okay. I just want everybody there. You can see me now. Kind of a big deal. Uh, no, but, but the amazing thing was Richard got a lot, if you read the comments, 
Well, there aren't really comments. I guess he got emails, uh, but it, but but a lot of people were pushing back, going, 37 Signals is one of the greatest companies ever, and you know you shouldn't be saying that because it's not mythology. This is what they did. That wasn't his point at all. Right. His point had nothing to do about 37 Signals, nothing to do about knocking. It was how we all put it up on a pedestal. We did it at Engine. We did it at period three. You're sitting there, you're going, hey, we're four guys, and we've got ideas, and then we all we all were going to build our own CMS. Did you guys go through we, that? We actually built our own CMS. Well, you know, we, we pulled the plug early. Okay, well, you're we smarter saw, than we We are. saw other CMSs and went, oh, that one's pretty good. Let's use that one. <laughs> we, uh, we built a city calendar. We were going to go in the city calendar business. <laughs> it's always a vertical. It's, it's pretty funny. Yeah. But, uh, but, you know, the, the thing that was amazing, because we talked to Jason about this. I don't know if it was on the show or before, but um, people act like they just pulled the plug on the services company and went straight into Basecamp. They were really careful. He, Jason's very risk averse, and it wasn't yeah. until yeah, it wasn't until Basecamp was pulling the same amount of revenue as their services that he shifted over, right? But okay. a lot of people feel like they just made a decision, right? They said, "Screw it, right. we're going to go." You want to hold hands because we started to. <laughs> um, so anyway, that that's one of the things for me when you look at it is they made a decision and they went for it. The problem I have with service companies wanting to go product is we may know how to build them, we may know how to take care of them once they're out in the wild, but we don't know how to market them. Right. We don't know how to take care of those customers. Yeah. It's like totally foreign to us. It's completely different business. Yeah. yeah, that's the lesson we learned. I mean, um, we have two or three, I guess, over the years they turn into horror <laughs> stories because yeah. you have to, because you, you know, the, the good I'm glad thing you is, got the or in there. You started to say they turn into horror, horror stories. Horror stories? Yeah. <laughs> the, the, bad, the bad thing about this services company turning into a product company thing and it's not such a successful product is that uh, you know you build a product and you get like 100 200 clients yeah and then you've got 100 200 clients for something that you really don't like anymore and then you're going to pull the plug on it or it makes just enough money to where you're like "Mm, I don't know and then it's just a pile of hurt and this gets back to Koi Vin when Koi wrote the article about how the service company was dead right that everybody was going to become a product company and right. so he goes with that for a couple of years, and then what does he do? He shuts down a popular app yep. <laughs> that's got a lot of people on Mixel? it. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Because it doesn't well, make money. It wasn't making money. They didn't know what money. they were doing. Well, that's another thing about Jason that I think is great. He goes, why is everybody celebrating these companies that aren't in the black? Right. You right. Know? Yeah. Um, so what about you? Do you have any, I mean, you said you tried to make a uh, content management system. Uh, do you have any, any horror stories? I don't know about horror stories. Um, yeah, I got one. <laughs> we did this thing. Oh, God, what was it called? It was, it was really important to one of the guys at the shop. And it was when we were an expression engine company. Without a doubt, we were an expression engine company at the time. And um, it was the amazing idea machine, right? There was no thought put into this thing. Ex- I remember that. I think I remember that. <laughs> there was no thought put into this thing except that. I suck at pouring beer. It's, it's okay. Guys... Ladies, this is a Gene Crawford poured beer. Geo, turn around. Geo, take a look. That is Gene Crawford. Right now, Geo is about to shave his mohawk off. It's embarrassing. He's just like, he wants out. Um, but the amazing idea machine, and the thought was, can we get Expression Engine to do this? Because that was another myth that would start to show up, right? Drupal can do this. Expression, And you don't look at the, the right tools. You just start trying right. to force whatever you're using. Right. So we build this thing. There were like three people madly in love with it. And it was just, 
it was stupid. Right. Okay. I mean, it was like we probably spent twenty five thousand, thirty thousand dollars worth of time Ugh. building this thing, and it would just randomly generate. Uh, I don't even know what the hell it did. It would randomly generate like a an idea for a business, and then what? There was, I don't even know what it was. But then down the road, there were all these other ideas about how you would try to trade your business for somebody else's, and uh, I don't know. It wasn't a horror story, except that we spent a lot of time on that, right. and then we launched it. And we spent twenty five grand on. I it. think there were three of us being really quiet, going, "Uh, yeah, <laughs> okay." Yeah, we actually called up Thirty Seven Signals once. Uh, you just called them. We just called them. It was before Basecamp. It was at, it was during the FedEx stuff. Okay. When they were like redesigning uh, other sites and stuff like that, and uh, we got a large project from Chase that kind of scared the hell out of us. It was like two hundred, two hundred fifty thousand dollar budget, and uh, we were like, we don't know what to do. The money or the project? The project. Okay. And we were like, call 37 Signals. <laughs> I don't know why. Shut up. So we called. Somebody answered. I don't know if it was Chase or not. <laughs> I, guess I, can... I mentioned. I just Hello, <laughs> Carl? Uh. Hey, we've got a project. And we were wondering if you guys would want to help us with it. And we were, oh, appreciate it. It would have to be a lot of money. <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, it's 150, 200,000. Sorry, that's not enough money. <laughs> because the myth was getting ready to launch. Right. Gene. <laughs> Plus, I probably sounded the myth. I was probably pretty drunk. <laughs> drunk when you called them. We'll call three signals. <laughs> call them up. They'll know what to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They'll they'll help us. Um, well, the point. The, it's interesting. I mean, when you think about that, right? You think about that myth. Right. I mean, everyone even thinks that they started out like as a well-known services company, right? Because I guess you know you think back and what you remember is all those posts and the, yeah. the blog being famous and stuff like that. But you know. They work for a very long time as a services-based company. And in fact, when we were talking to him, we were like, well, you have like three books. He's like, I have four books. I wrote right. one as a services company, some bitch. You know, he's like, <laughs> I got this other book. You know, I think it's out of print, but you know, the uh, designing for errors or whatever it was called. <laughs> it sounds very exciting. <laughs> You're not impressed? Fifty Shades of Jason, I think it was called. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, <laughs> There you go. So the mythology of 37 Signals. Yes. There you go. And scene. <laughs> um, all right. I think it's it's better when we can't see each other. I think it is. <laughs> uh, all right. So let's talk about culture, business culture. Business culture. All right. So oh. there are a couple of posts that we dredged up, mm-hmm. and one that has been in the show notes for a long time. It's some kind of... Uh, I don't know what it is. It's like a some kind of slide share from Netflix, which you had some point to make. But. Yeah. So, have I ever been on? A, I've gone on a rant on the show. You listen to the show, right? Okay. <laughs> I do. I do from time to time. About culture and how people use culture as a recruiting tool. Right. Have I gone off on this? Not yet. Because I'm about. I wanted to. you to, but you didn't. <laughs> okay. Listen, I'm sick of this. Culture as a recruiting tool. I've talked about this in a lot of places. I want to see if he gets better at the poor. Let's hold on. Oh, this is your favorite beer, and that's how you treat it. Sorry. Um, but with the exception of one company, I, I've been to a lot of different shops. I've been to a lot of different places. And there's always that one room that's in the dark. And it's the room that has the ping pong table or the pool table or the video games. Right, right. You know, there's always the beer mm-hmm. because you want them to have to stay at work for some reason. Right. Or to be so drunk on Saturday they don't realize it's Saturday. <laughs> right. But... In this industry, it is getting almost embarrassing now how people are starting to leverage being a flat company, right? What do you mean by flat? Well, 
See, I think that's a perfect example. His engine isn't exactly flat, right? No, no company is really flat, yeah. right? Every flat company has temporary hierarchies or some level of decision-making if the team comes to a standstill, right? But it's really sexy to say it's flat, and when somebody new comes in, they're going to have control, and they're going to be able to do things, right? But even then, even if you're on a corporate bench instead of a corporate ladder, right. there's people who've been there longer that are going to know more, other people who have to get you know, acclimated in, all these types of things. It's always but, a hierarchy. But you, have, but you have myths that are trying to be born, right? Like take the 37 signal stuff. Look at Google with the 20% rule, right? right? That changed the damned industry too. We all started trying to take Fridays to work on our own stuff, right? Now we, we happen to be in an industry that's out of control blossoming, so we can do that. But even Google pulled that. Google doesn't do the 20% rule really? anymore. They canceled that like four or five months ago. Mm. And I remember going, you bastards. Huh. Do you know how many years we wasted Fridays? Could <laughs> you have done this sooner? But, um, and then you've got you know, companies who say nobody's ever quit. And then one day 12 people happen to right. decide right. to leave on the same day. Right. right. Or a lot of people who are acting like flat is something new. Or the idea of autonomy or giving people control over what they do. I mean, EngineWorks... You know, I'm not going to lie, we got a lot of play out of mm. the, the business model. Yeah, hell, I'm here to talk about kind of the results of it and what's right. happened. But I think when you But you did with that, it, though. I mean, you, you actually, like, we I mean, did it wasn't, it. like, flat, but, I mean, you put that into the company as We did as it, and then we, and we talked about it, and we yeah. wanted to share with others. But I just see this culture games going on. You know, it, it is, to a degree, the free beer in the office. If you, if you actually have, like, a wet bar in the office, that's kind of a culture game. You want people to walk so. by and see it. If, if you have the idea of the ping pong tournaments and that sort of stuff, I think that stuff is fun. The only company I've seen that does it and really does it is MailChimp. Now, I've, I've been into yeah. MailChimp, and they freaking, there are people playing on those ping pong tables. There are yeah. people playing. You know, I'll give it up to Marty Ringline. At, uh, well, it's, it's the co-work in D.C., but right, right. there are people playing the video games. You know? yeah. um, but there's just something about when you start to sell the culture because there's something about the work that's not right. going to be challenging enough right. or not good enough. And maybe it's about like how quickly you sell the culture. Yeah. If that's the first thing that you're using to recruit people, like like you walk them through the office in the first place, you, you walk them through the ping pong room and the yeah. foosball, and you're like, but, but we that, have this. I've seen this so many times. When I'm getting a tour of a space, they come in and they, they turn on the light. <laughs> as soon as they flip the switch to show me the cool space, I'm like, I got yeah, it. Why I got it. it on? Yeah. Why isn't there a dude in there? But yeah. So anyway, that, that kind of gets me. And then I saw this Netflix, uh, the culture of Netflix, and it was put up on SlideShare. Right. I yeah, like, it's like... Uh, why do you put that on SlideShare? One simple reason. 126 slides. Yeah, 126 slides. It's, it really is a good document. Okay. I'm not going to act like I made it past slide 50. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a good document. But it's just their placement on SlideShare. I'm just wondering... Are they truly trying to help other companies? Because it seems like there are other ways to go about that, or is this a recruiting tool? Or is it like strategic placement? Yeah. So I don't know. Um, and honestly, I'm, I'm probably guilty of it, too. I just think we all need to stop. We need to, we need to talk about what the total package of a working relationship is, and the culture is part of that. But right. putting a document together and putting blog posts together isn't going to create a culture. You, know? you can't create a culture. You can, just, you can just give it a place to grow and foster it, but, but you can't create it. I've tried. <laughs> Yeah, culture. Yeah, it's not. Um, it's not what you create. It just happens, right? So, yeah. Well, and then you celebrate it. How do you got? How do you guys? Or how have you traditionally done that at Engine? Like bringing somebody new in. I mean, I know you have the engineers and the fringe engineers, right? Yep. Is yep. that is that part of the the way it works? Well, they. So since since I've been gone, 
which I, I'm not, I don't even remember how long it's been now, maybe 10 weeks, 11 weeks. Um, they've kind of uh, changed the onboarding process a little bit. So I'm not really sure exactly what they're sure. doing. But really, it, I mean, it was, it was pretty dead simple. The person who was going to get hired talked to people on the team mm-hmm. and then got to work on a project with that team. So, so it gets to, uh, we had the, um, the one-week trial type thing. Right, that was another For thing. us, it's a one-project trial. Okay. Right? And you only expected, at the time, it was only expected to have 10 to 15 hours a week for that initial project because you probably have a day job. Right. And you work with the team, and at the end of it, you go, wow, you're pretty cool. We'd like to keep working together. Or the person we're working with goes, you guys are idiots. We're not going to work <laughs> together. Um, and then you get a six-month gig okay. so that you can quit your job. Right? A six-month guaranteed. And then at any point during that, if the team feels that it's, it's good, hmm. then they can offer you a full-time gig. So that, to me, I do apologize. <laughs> that, to me, feels pretty amazing. Now, we don't have a located culture. Right, you are distributed. We are distributed. distributed. And so I'll say this, too. A lot of times it's, I think when I see those rooms and I, I see the, the spaces and what's going on, there's a jealousy factor for me. Like, I get a little bit like, man, oh, so you we want, used to play video right, games. Right, right, right. Um, so I think there's part of that. But I think it's just when you wear it out front, when you put it out front instead of who you are and what you stand for, you kind of show what you're going to offer on Saturday night while you're working. <laughs> you know, it's kind of a, it's yeah. just, it just pisses me Yeah, that is one of the weird things. Like, there's, there's a couple of, couple of local huge companies and, yeah. you know, coming out of college and, and getting jobs and stuff. I remember my friends, like, saying, like, well, they have dry cleaning and they have, like, yeah. a gym there and they have a lunch. They provide lunch. I should never get to leave. Even then, yeah, even then I remember thinking, like, sounds like they want you to stay there all day. That's probably not a good thing. Well, I, I've seen people go off, go off on uh, blog posts and other places about how nobody's going to work after 530. They're going to go home and blah, blah. And then I'll go to their offices, and it'll be having an event there. And it's like 637, and people are working. working. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not, about, like, it's not about, like, if they want to work, right? Yeah. It's about... Or, or well, if you're making them, it's about like, what are you doing? Is is what you're doing enough to excite you to where you're just going to do what you want? And, and if that's work, then yeah. that's work. And that gets back to the concept of a lifestyle company and realizing that your idea of a lifestyle as an owner is not going to be the same as their idea of a lifestyle as somebody who's a creator or producer. Right. And I mean, I, I think I've told the story before, but I got a call on a Saturday from two people who were worried I was going to be upset when I saw time going to their timesheet on a Saturday. They had work they wanted to do. They they made a lot of progress on Friday. They were excited. They wanted to get in. They wanted to work. And I just told them. I was like, all right, I I apologize. Keep going. Yeah. But but I was kind of like, we have a reputation. (laughs) We don't even work during the week. (laughs) (laughs) How can I explain this to the people who aren't paying attention anyway? They don't (laughs) care. Right. Craziness. So do you think that over time that benefited engine? That... I mean, I guess trying to trying to coerce that culture out of everybody or whatever. Do you think that benefited in terms of production? In terms of production, I don't know. I I always believed in a value proposition, and it was that if you have enough control over the work you're doing, then you're going to care enough mm-hmm. that as long as you're compensated fairly, you're not going to leave for money, right? And and honestly, with EngineWorks, we've never had really high profit margins. I mean, for a while we operated well, in the 30% range, but I haven't looked at it recently, but mid-20s, low-20s, so having a ton of money was never the goal. It was enough to pay everybody and make sure that we could right. do what we wanted to do. Um, but I think having that culture has been real important because everybody that works there tells everybody what it's like, and nobody right. ever believes them. 
You mean you guys can get together and say you want to fire a client and the client will get fired? Yeah, pretty much. Hmm. In right. fact, they, they just do it. Yeah. Right? They, they've let two clients go recently. Hmm. I just found out about that. Got to have a phone call. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's cool too. They needed to go. You know, I should have done it a long time ago, but I just so it's uh, myself it's it. it's the idea of a lifestyle a lifestyle business for the employees, I guess. I a mean, lifestyle you, for each individual. Uh, right. You know, your lifestyle is how you choose to live your life, right? I've got two kids and a wife, and I want to spend as much time as possible with my loved ones. A single, you know, guy, a single woman, they're probably not going to have that same right. deal. They're going to want to be out more. They're going to want to travel more. Yeah. That's how they're going to want to live their life. They may want to work through the weekend so they can take a week off. They may, you know, all these types of things. But I think the bigger deal is just, it's autonomy, right? It's being in control of how you do what you do and when you do it. So, hmm. yeah. All right. Well, that was, that was uh, related to this other post, the uh, timesheet tax on creativity. <laughs> yeah. Which was an interesting title, but, you know, it's the idea that, and that's why I asked, mm -hmm. I mean, do you feel like you... It sounds weird to say, like, do you, did you feel like you got better productivity out of everyone once they bought into it? But it's not really like that. I mean, it's, it's not it's like that. You know, they, they, they actually it, so. challenged themselves. They, at one point, they treated uh, hourly totals for the week. They treated it um, almost like a leaderboard. Hmm. And th that, there was a little danger to that. Yeah. But as the one who was responsible for paying for everything, I loved it. <laughs> right. I was like, more of that. Yeah. More of the challenge if you can't do enough. It's interesting, this, this, the timesheet tax on creativity, which is the, the article you pulled up on Digiday, um, I really don't think we ever did that. I mean, I think if you're going to build hourly or you're going to build value-based or you're going to build, you know, however you decide to do it, some sort of hybrid method, I think you're going to do the work that's best for the work. Uh, right. The thing is, and I, I didn't know this for a long time, I used to love changes in projects because it was more money, Right. And, oh, sure. And we mentioned this. Sure. On, in the printing industry, 50% of their revenue came from changes on press. Right. But what you don't realize is that's a much different thing versus if you're having changes on a project, the people building it start to get that, that effect from a Hitchcock movie where the hallway just gets longer and longer right. and they're right. never going to get to the end of it. Yeah. And then their productivity gets worse and then the project, get, the quality gets worse. So... I think if you have people who are going to just start putting time in, because it starts acting like you know, you're incented to add as much time and take yeah. as long as possible, um, I think that type of company is going to make other bad decisions even if they're value-based. Hmm. I think it's more about who you are versus that metric. I, I'm on both sides of the, the value versus the time. I, I think it's all based on who you are in the context of how you work. Right. Yeah. What about period three? You guys are time-based, right? Uh, well, we do... Um it's interesting you ask that because I know I know you've kind of gone both ways and you kind of I don't know correct me if I'm wrong I mean it's like maybe almost like a dogma at some some one point where you're like we're time based everything's time based I mean would you say that Yeah, yeah. Um, I would and say I, we did I've get to that, that point we did get to that point right um, We're very much like whatever right we yeah. we have both yeah. we have a mix um, sometimes we'll do a fixed price and then like changes that they make outside of scope are hourly. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, it's I just fixed bid with buckets. That's yeah, what we call yeah, it. yeah, yeah. And it, it's probably it's like a hybrid of like whatever. Yeah, Usually, yeah. it's that I'll talk to a client, find out like maybe their personality and what they're going to be comfortable with, and that's what I pitch. Right. You see, I I think you choose whatever's best for the project. I did. And if you do. really understand the scope of the project and you've got it tight, then you can go fixed bid or value based, right? However you whatever. want to call it. 
Um, what do you do that? Well, see, like, there, you do it I, the right way or the still, wrong way? So I read Pricing on Purpose, okay. which is this, this amazing book. And it talks about you, you price something based on the value to the end consumer, not on the market price. I still haven't had the guts to try that, and obviously I'm not in a position to anymore, but I just I really want to talk to some of the people doing it. Like I know that Dan Mall's doing working that way, I know yeah, people working that way. I've talked to people who say they're working that way, but when I pressure them on it and say, Well tell me an example, this or that, they go, Well, we're just now starting. Yeah. It's always yeah. we're just now starting. Never, yeah. And I I, th- I think for some of us it's like we get ready to do that and then, oh, this is a good project, I'm gonna fall back into what I normally do. Yeah. But um Yeah. It's all context. It's also what can you sell? That's right. the way I look at it. What will they buy? What Whatever they will buy is the yeah. way we'll do it. Whatever they're comfortable yeah. with. I hope you got it. I don't really know how to close it out, though. What do you mean? We don't normally just close it out. It's like... Well, what beer are we drinking, Gene? <laughs> it's <laughs> the Triplets of DeVille. <laughs> triplets of DeVille. That was smooth. Thank you. It's very smooth. It was smooth. Once yeah. it... The what'd you, what'd you think of it? I liked it, it a lot. You like it? I liked it a lot. It goes straight to your head, doesn't it? Yes, <laughs> and that's good, what I liked about it. It's a very good beer. It's interesting to think that we just killed this inside of like 20 minutes. Is that in? Yes, that is interesting, <laughs> interesting. Because normally that would not be something I would do. <laughs> no. Never. That wouldn't happen. Well, it's great to have you here, man. It's good to be here. Everybody watching, it's good to see you. If you hate this idea of the video podcast, that's good because we're not in the same city. But if you love it, just keep it to yourselves. We'll do more, maybe. Oh, okay. Oh. What he said. Bye, everybody.